I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Kate Winslet, who it's like, okay, we know like for sure that she's she's straight, but even though I don't know, heavenly creatures and ammonite. Are we now ever we're getting... sure? Yeah. Who how can we ever be sure? I mean, there's what is no that way even... to know. The moon could like right. tilt 30 degrees one night and Kate Winslet just loses her shit. Like we don't you don't know. We have no idea. I'm diking out, you're diking out. Let's dike out together. Hi and welcome to Diking Out, a podcast that's screaming free Britney. Free Britney. I'm Carolyn Bergier. I'm Melody Kamali, and today we are diking out with writer and comedian Liza Dye about celesbian gossip. But for some housekeeping. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Five stars, please. 
And also, we are still on Wizio, W-I-S-I-O dot com slash digging out. And uh, there is a Valentine's Day promo. So if you want personalized advice from us uh, within five days, if you have like a burning question or it's something very specific and detailed that we wouldn't answer on this pod, you can get 20% off uh, with the code uh, Valentine's 20. And that lasts through February 15th. Oh, Melody, how how are your nor'easters going? The nor'easters homophobic officially I was supposed to have a lesbian double date right around now that had to be canceled. Oh no. Yeah. I'm still I'm stuck in the house. I've been outside once. <laughs> Yeah, we definitely got hit um, pretty hard where we are, and we were going to go into the city, but because of the weather today, we decided to um, stay in because we're looking for a new um, couch for our place, and we were going couch shopping last night then instead, knowing that we wouldn't be able to drive today since there's more snow, and we were walking through um, Macy's. (laughs) (laughs) And Cecilia looks at this clothing section that's clearly kids' clothing. And she goes, oh, is this a lesbian clothing section or is it just for kids? And I was like, I was like, oh, sweetie, are you making a joke? And she's like, no. I'm like, okay, hold on. (laughs) Did you think Macy's had a lesbian clothing section? Was it just rainbows on everything and no, unicorns? No, no, it was, it was like, you know how lesbians and like lesbians dress like 12 year old boys. Yeah. Been with a few. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it was that. It was just like a, a boys, young boys section of clothing. And Cecilia just saw like, I don't know, just like the plaid and the. <laughs> That's so cute. She's too pure to joke. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and then, we, you know, we're driving around and this song comes on a playlist I'd put together and Cecilia was like, oh my gosh, who's singing right now? Her voice is so hot. This person is so hot. And once you know, it was Brandy Carlisle. <laughs> that was another fun moment with Cecilia. She, she just, and I was, Did she know? She was, her, no. And her mind was blown. I was like, one, it's Brandy Carlisle. Two, she's a lesbian. And Cecilia's like, well, I'll be putting this in my rotation. So, you know, just. That's so uh, funny. We're playing a lot yeah. of Brandy here, too, because Allie wasn't hip to Brandy. And I thought she would be. I know it's more Americana yeah. than like country. But um, yeah, yeah, she we always fight over music. And we have a few, very few agreed upon artists that are the go to. And I put Brandy on and she immediately recognized that was not a part of the list and all I had to say was she's gay and now Allie's obsessed and constantly playing her. Yeah. I'm getting into Brandy Carlisle and King princess. Finally. Like I haven't, I get overwhelmed with new music. I'm like, there's a lot, you know? And then I heard um, a King princess cover of uh, Fiona apples. I know. Oh yeah. 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 It's so good. And I'm like, okay, I need to really, dive in. I do love King Princess and I do love her relationship with Quinn. Do you follow her on social media? Is it Quinn Wilson? You got to follow the both of them. Just steamy content. Um, They look like couple goals. Um, Quinn is the creative director for Lizzo and a bunch of others. She's very creative, artistic. I think she recently directed something of King Princesses, but there are a couple goals for sure. 
So like a creative, artistic, lesbian couple. Sounds a lot like me and Cecilia. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Almost. Just kidding. Identical. Yeah. Yeah. So similar. (laughs) The Gen Z YouTube. I find it very relatable. Yeah. Speaking of our, our better halves, Melody, I saw the backlash that... Allie got on Instagram over I her know. JoJo Siwa joke. So JoJo Siwa back in the news, you know, adding a little bit more to the story. And she has a girlfriend and her girlfriend was the one who encouraged her to come out. And she's uh, now spoken more about it and how even if she had like lost everything by coming out, it would still have been worth it. So she's like over the rainbow happy and... I love to see it. And we love to see it. But, you know, some don't. Some are waiting to find something they don't love to see. Because, you know, (laughs) if we start talking about how Jojo Siwa came out, obviously there's going to be some speculation about a girlfriend or, you know, what just anything other than the fact that she is gay. Then you get into murky online waters. Allie made a joke, was very strategic about her wording of her joke um, that she tweeted and wrote, lesbian community, we need to let Jojo Siwa know that once she's ready to go down on a girl, that big ass bow is going to get in the way. So I I almost commented, and I'm glad I didn't. Uh, what makes you think she hasn't already gone down oh, on a woman? Then you and that would have been that I would have been the canceled. target. Yeah, because <laughs> I forgot how young she is. Right. It's weird to see people in the queer community come after jokes like this and are like, "You're sexualizing a minor." Right. Like you're you sound identical to the boomers in our lives or just like the intolerant who equate homosexuality with sexual perversion and just like any just darkness you know yeah that teenagers can't have a healthy sex life and acknowledging the fact that even a teenager will eventually have sex and I love that Erica Rose came in and was like Hey, yeah. newsflash, teenagers have sex, and this isn't sexualizing teenagers. This person would not back down. We don't know who this person was. It was um, definitely a queer person. Um, they, he pronouns in the bio. And I guess they followed Erica and were DMing Erica angrily. Erica has no idea who this person is. And then they found Allie's post and started commenting angrily on Allie's post and was like, she's literally a minor. This is gross. You're sexually sexualizing minors. It's not funny. Um, And Allie was just like, I'm a comedian. It's a joke. I didn't tag her. I specifically said when she's ready, I, you know, was raped when I was 13. I don't, like take these issues lightly. Um, And that person was like justifying this with your own trauma rather than admitting that it's weird for an adult to talk about a minor giving oral sex. Bad look. Like you're making it sexual. Like this person made it so much sexual, more sexual than it was. Right. Right. It's crazy. There's a difference between making a comment like that. And again, Allie said, you know, when she's ready, there's a clear difference. And then some people just within the community just want to attack others within the community and police the things we say. Yeah. It's like, focus on, you know, why don't you go get mad at the people who are saying that, you know, Jojo C was a terrible influence and they'll never let their daughters watch or whatever it is, you know, focus on those people. Well, 
I loved seeing Erica jump in. And speaking of past guests of the podcast, did you see the news that Jen Richards is going to be in the new series Clarice that's going to be on CBS? And I think she kind of talked about this a little bit, teased it out on our episode. Um, Oh, did she? Like serial killers from a more like feminist standpoint, but she couldn't talk about it yet. So what happened was, yeah. yeah, somebody who was working on Clarice saw disclosure and they commented on uh, Buffalo Bill and how problematic that was for mm-hmm. trans people and how that representation like really set them back and did a lot of damage. So after watching that, they hired Jen to consult in the writer's room and consult on the series to kind of make amends for that and bring in a character that would kind of help correct past wrongs. And then uh, they decided to actually just cast Jen to play that part, which is awesome because Jen is both a very talented writer and a great actor. So I'm excited to be watching Clarice. And then I was also wondering, like, is Clarice going to be gay in this Mm. series? I hope so. Are are you like into Silence of the Lambs? Like, was that a big movie for you? Um, It scared me. I was young when I saw it. I have, I don't, I haven't revisited much. I know exactly why it was problematic. And I really loved watching them dissect that on uh, Disclosure. But right. I've seen it a lot of times, I think, for Jodie Foster's gay energy in it and (laughs) and my love of horror. Uh, But and and I know that there's the series Hannibal on TV and I tried watching that. But, you know, sometimes like you're not in the mood for all that gore and it can be like a little bit of overload of like murder and stuff. Yeah. I don't seek it out to begin with. So I don't even get to the threshold, (laughs) you know, like I don't watch a lot of horror to begin with. So go off. (laughs) So Jenny Foster uh, played Clarice uh, Starling in Silence of the Lambs. And then for the movie Hannibal, and these are based on books in the movie Hannibal, uh, Julianne Moore, plays Clarice. Okay. And we talked about last episode how Julianne Moore has a record of playing queer parts. So I thought that Clarice was clearly gay. And then I was reading that in the book Hannibal, like her and Hannibal end up together at the end. But in the movie, they diverged from that. So I don't know. I'm just... This is just to put out there into the universe, please make Clarice like at least a little bit queer. There's got to be some queer energy there. Anytime that you have um, a woman who's like a detective or a cop, to me, it reads queer. Okay, while we're talking about past guests, I have been doing a deep dive on this podcast, Scam Goddess, and... I don't know if I've mentioned it before on this podcast, but I love scammers and cult leaders and that's my oh, wheelhouse. It. Okay. I really like the, the gore, the murder that's like Allie, you, a lot of lesbians seem to love it. I truly, I love um, like McMillions, like that kind of a <laughs> true client. I don't know if you saw that documentary, but just scams. And no. so someone reached out and recommended scam goddess and it is one of the best podcasts aside from diking out I have ever heard. Um, and I saw Ashley Ray past guest of the podcast had an episode on Sean King Ooh. and 
I have been passionately against Sean King for years now, and it is so good to see it just being so expertly laid out. Why? I went to Sean King's Instagram today and saw that 140 of the people I follow still follow him. I don't think it's known, really, that he's a scam artist. Like, he truly is a bad person. And this is why it came to my attention recently, right? Um, One of my local congressmen recently posted a screenshot of a tweet of Sean King's. And I was like, oh my God, my elected officials are listening to this man. More people need to know that he's bad. My, um, oh no, he was a former councilman after this last election. He's just a public advocate. But anyways, Jermaine Williams shared on Instagram a screenshot of Sean King's tweet from a few days ago. Had a friend who works at NBC News tell me they were going to do a story on how we raised $260,000 in 24 hours from 8,000 plus donors to purchase a new home and car for Michael Thompson after his release from prison, but they passed when they found out it was me. Zero news coverage. So he's rallying up all his followers to get upset that NBC News found out about this great effort, but when they found out it was Sean King behind it, they didn't air it. And I think he's thinking it's because it's racism or something, but it's like, no, more and more people are finding out that you um, steal money, misdirect funds, um, aren't really held accountable to a lot of your promises, steal ideas from black women who've worked with him in the past. Like he's just a bad dude. Allegedly, I'll say in case anyone comes after us here, allegedly he's a bad dude who's done all this. I've been seeing it for years. I've been seeing it since the Mike Brown stuff that people like any black activists that I follow are like, do not follow Sean King. He is a clown. He is, he's a phony. He is such a phony. Don't give him money. And then when everything was happening in May, I saw a lot of people still like quote tweeting him and stuff. And then again, people being like, don't give him money. He's not an ally. He's problematic. Yeah. And all that. So I'm like, okay, hopefully this finally buries him. No. But no, Sean More King people is still started following that I him. See a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people started following him. I saw people recommending, being like, if you want to educate yourself, here are some good follows. And Sean King would be on the list. And I'd be like, no, 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 not Sean King. Not Sean King. Ashley Ray went on and did a great job of breaking it down. His, um, sordid past of really shady fundraising. I really recommend people seek out that episode of that podcast. I also need to bring up this podcast for another reason. (laughs) Pray tell. Well, well, well. So this podcast is set up so that um, they ask the guest, she brings on like a comedian or a friend um, to kind of talk through famous scams or scam artists with, but they, at the beginning, they have a section where she asks the guests, what's your relationship to scams? Are you a mark? Are you a scammer? And she asked Hari Kundabalu, um, who is um, a comedian who lives in Brooklyn. Um, he's like, you know what? Recently, I believe I was scammed. I was um, in downtown Brooklyn and someone approached me and asked me to buy baby formula. <laughs> and I'm like, was working out when I was listening, just stopped. <laughs> oh. <laughs> if you Sounds familiar. A few episodes ago. It's your friend Donovan. And my friend Donovan in downtown Brooklyn got me yep. to buy him baby formula. And 
Yeah, it's apparently it happened to this comic too. They walked for a while. They found the formula. They bought it, and he felt weird about it. And then what, immediately when they parted ways, googled baby formula, and apparently the next suggested word was scam. So I guess it's a regional scam here yep. where like people will get you to buy baby formula. You know, they didn't have to pay for it. it like I paid thirty dollars. They'll take that profit, flip it by selling it back in their neighborhood to a mother who needs it. And then take that profit and buy drugs. <laughs> but I still got baby formula to a baby's mouth, you know? <laughs> and that just shows. Right, I remember prefacing right. the story by being like, you know, Carolyn, I have not left the apartment in so long. I needed to get out there and I went for a walk and then that happened to me. Do you see what happens when I leave my apartment? Or do you see what happens when I haven't yeah. left my apartment all year and I just become soft? I would have never stopped to talk to someone on the street asking me for anything in the past. Like, I, like, right. Quarantine has made me soft you've been, you've and been stupid. Deprogrammed. Yeah. Right. You forgot what it means to be a New Yorker and to suspect everybody. Uh, I was a little bit suspicious when you were telling that story because I thought, I think this is a scam where they return the baby formula. When I got the receipt, he was like, <laughs> or do something or, or sell it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was like, do you want it? I don't need it. <laughs> I was like, do you want it? I don't know. <laughs> um, but you know what? I'm still maintaining that I did a good deed and that he earned the money. That was a lot of emotional labor. There were tears in his eyes. I told you we like teared up and hugged uh, yeah. afterwards. You know, I, I honestly think that's like one of the best scams to be scammed by, because like you said, somebody got their formula, somebody got their drugs. And in mm -hmm. this year, uh, I don't blame you. I don't right. blame you if you're using. Absolutely you your drugs. not. There's a lot going on. So this is just really another story of New Yorkers helping New Yorkers. Yeah, you're welcome. Melody, what's the gayest thing you did this week? <laughs> Let's shift gears. Yesterday, I went out of the apartment and wouldn't you know it, I didn't get scammed. I successfully left the Congrats. apartment without getting scammed of my money. Uh, <laughs> yesterday, Allie and I went for a walk ahead of this nor'easter. We were like, we, I just, you know, I have not been leaving the apartment and I am slowly, quickly, actually losing my mind. So we thought we'd go for a walk before it started snowing. We didn't even make it a block before we found ourselves in a protest. If this were, Was let's it a free say, Britney protest? Um, no, I'm actively seeking those out. So keep me posted, okay. New York listeners. I'll be out there with a Britney mask on. No, this is for a local grocery store in our neighborhood that has plans to be demolished and become a new high rise. And we didn't know about this. Ugh. This is the local associated market. I don't know if you had those in Queens, um, but like small local grocery yeah. stores and... I think I've mentioned on the podcast, I live around the corner from my state senator's office. So this was like a big protest we caught going down the street that ended in a rally in front of our senator's office. He is not in the office right now because he's recovering from COVID. Um, but also it was a Saturday and he probably wouldn't be anyways. But it's so funny how we were like be having a cute little walk. We're cuddling. Um, literally, as we're walking up to the protest, I was saying, you know, I'm so much more attracted to you outside of the apartment. And we were just like, like having a, I don't know if you have these um, fondling walks. They're just very, they're like 
holding each other as you walk. Um, that could be the yeah. gayest thing. But no, it was just how quickly we were activated. That's the gayest thing of the week. Because if this had happened before yeah. 2020, we would have been like, oh, what's this? Okay, yeah. Oh, sure, I'll take a flyer. And just like keep it moving. No, we were so mobilized immediately. It was like... We we go to this grocery store sometimes, but you would have thought we were born in it. Like we were so passionate. Right. Allie's immediately looking for people of color to shield her white body <laughs> over. Like I'm talking to people about the next meeting. This is look at this. I have a flyer. We're we have a Zoom meeting today at yes. six to um <laughs> get the um petition out there. And I just I think it's great that like 2020 has just radicalized us to to care i don't know that's the gayest thing for sure like we were dancing we stayed till the very end we're the last one standing (laughs) um and we all just started dancing at the nypd to we ain't going nowhere (laughs) that song otherwise it's been a long week of planning fake gay vacations i would have to say before we walked up to this protest the gayest thing of the week i had planned for this was talking about how i have just been looking at memorial day weekend at p-town um going to cherry grove (laughs) on fire island for les volley i learned about les volley i don't know if you've heard of this we always between us have talked about how volleyball is so gay but i didn't realize there's a whole lesbian volleyball tournament that happens every summer on fire island i've never been to Fire Island or to P-Town yes. as an adult last time yeah. I went when I was eight. I have 500 tabs open for Airbnbs or shares. I want to get us and some friends to maybe get something going for like the summer. It's almost too late. I know it's a lot of them late. are booked it's up. It's too late to start planning. These places get booked up so fast and they're so expensive. Like I... It's so cost prohibitive, and that's why I haven't been to either Cherry Grove or P-Town. I know there are affordable ways to do it, but the affordable way is getting a lot of people in on it and then reserving a house like way in advance, and I never have the foresight. And then that's not the COVID way. Yeah. Keep me posted. I would chip in on a P-Town rental for Memorial Day weekend. All right. I just bought a gas mask because I'm going to be applying some wood stain. So I don't want the fumes to to hurt me. So now I have like a heavy duty, serious gas mask. I'll bring that to P-Town. Nice. You can wear that and you can wear your um, swimsuit bodysuit you bought over the summer to wear to the gay beach that you never followed through on. I I just I can't wait. That I never did. Yeah. (laughs) Um, In the meantime, what is the gayest thing you did this last week? The gayest thing I did this past week was advancing the gay agenda. Uh, You know, this is a little bit of a cheat because I... I put in the work about a month or so ago. I've been freelancing and I wrote um, a two-part webisode thing and they wanted it to be like a spoof on um, The Bachelor. And <laughs> I, I made it a gay character. I, I loved it, a gay it. character. If you're interested in watching it, uh, it's called Hungry for Love. It's very fun. It's very fun. Yeah. What a twist. Yeah. No spoilers. I won't spoil it. <laughs> I mean, I think this the, the spoiler is is that he's gay because a lot of people are like, twist, he's gay. <laughs> Could like, you imagine? Right, heteronormative people. Well, I think it's time for us to get to our interview today. And, you know, celesbian gossip. 
That's something that's very near and dear to our hearts here at Diking Out. It's also what brought Melody and I together, our love of Robin Crawford and wanting the tea on Whitney Houston. Yes. Real quick, if those of you who loved Whitney Houston, executive produced version of Cinderella, in which she also starred in. It is finally coming to Disney+. Plus. I think I've gone off about this on this very podcast. Yes, how you got Disney+, Plus because you thought it was going to be there. Yeah, and I've been paying every month for nothing. I don't watch it, but now I'm going to have it one month more to watch Cinderella. Uh, and as soon as I saw the announcement, I tagged, I don't tag people on Twitter often, but I was like, what's the quickest way to get this info to Melody? I guess I could have texted you, but instead I just tagged you no, on Twitter. You're not the only one. I, I had no idea I talked about this so much, just like in my life to my friends and loved ones and on this podcast, cause listeners reached out, my friends and family reached out. I was just like, oh my God, I don't shut up about this. Cool. It's a very important piece it is of film in our lives it so i'm walked excited about this. so bridgerton could run and fly um, <laughs> with that yes. casting blind casting i love it so good Ugh, also love brandy well, today we are diking out with writer and comedian Liza Dye about celestian gossip. Liza has performed stand-up across the country and is a writer on the upcoming LGBTQ animated series Q-Force and also runs the Celesbian Gossip Instagram account Bet Porter Gallery. Let's get into it. Liza, thank you so much for diking out with us this week. How are you? I am wonderful. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. <laughs> we are so excited to have you. And thank you for giving us a glimpse out your window before we started recording. Liza has the best view in L.A. Yes. It's insane. I Yeah, it's such a blessing. It's Housing is like really cutthroat in L.A., way more so than anything I ever experienced in New York. And like New York in in Brooklyn, it feels like a real communal effort. You know, everyone's constantly like trying to find better places and spots and better rent and stuff in New York. But it's really like homely in L.A. Everyone invests in their home and you spend so much time at home. Especially, obviously, why you wouldn't leave. Right. Yeah. It's it's just it was crazy when I was looking at places and this was like the the last place I saw it, I was like, oh my God. Incredible. It's insane. Yeah. Well, before we get any further uh, into learning more about you, what is the gayest thing you did this week? I was trying to think about this. It's going to be somewhere between downloading a bunch of pictures of Cara Delevingne and Michelle Rodriguez from 2014. Yes. When they were like, (laughs) (laughs) do you remember when they were doing that? They were like wasted and they went to that um, Knicks game and they were just courtside and there's like all these photos of them just like making out and smoking a vape. And I downloaded a bunch (laughs) of those like a few days ago. It's somewhere between that and like, uh, I don't know, losing my shit over the Gentleman Jack. I don't know if you guys watch Gentleman Jack, but they finally posted yeah. this photo that the fans had been looking for since the show premiered. And I that was a great day. <laughs> Is season two happening? Yeah, they're shooting it now. They may even be wrapped, but... Um, nice. Yeah, it's finally going to happen. Thank God, yeah. Oh, man. I Okay, so you run Bet Porter Gallery. 
on Instagram. You posted Correct. the Michelle Rodriguez and Cara Delevingne photos. And yes. I remember when that happened. I don't remember the vape. And you have like a nice photo set of them just getting what looks like increasingly high. Or yeah. just like, I, I don't uh, thank you for posting that because I never knew about the vape of it all and the squinty eyes of it all. It was so good to get those extra <laughs> pictures. I guess I never got in 2014. <laughs> that wasn't even all of them. There's so many. I, you know, I had to choose. I had to narrow it down to the top 10 best ones. Yeah. But there's even ones that most people haven't seen of them outside when they were leaving the game. And Michelle was like kicking the photographer. It's like insane. I don't. That, that relationship. Yeah. We don't talk about it enough as a community. It's, really. It's really important. <laughs> well, we will get into it. I do want to. Shout out your set it off poster. I know. Thank you so Behind you. I love it. <laughs> One of the I best really bedrooms did. we've seen so far on these Zooms. Yeah, the set it off thing was like the literal first thing I bought for this apartment. I was like, I got to set the tone. People got to know what's going on when they walk in. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know if that was something that had like moved with you like throughout your life, like that one poster that you're like, no matter where I live, I need this set it off poster in my room. Cause I feel like that, like that's the kind of poster that you would do that for. <laughs> I wish, I wish I had some like legendary, like it was handed down from my great, great grandmother <laughs> to me or something. Like, <laughs> No, I, I just I just recently got into that film again as an adult. It's pretty heavy if you've ever seen it. Mm -hmm. And so I just and it's like Queen Latifah's it's one of her greatest performances. She's playing this like raging butch dyke. And it's like Yes. You know, next to Bessie, I feel we'll never see anything like that again from her. So <laughs> right. it's just such an iconic like situation happening. But <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so the poster did not travel with you from New York. Before we dive into Celesbians, we do need to talk about your New York to LA story. Okay. Yeah. Okay, let's, let's get into it. Let's dive in. So you started um, doing like comedy and stuff in New York, right? When did you live here? It's true. I moved, I'm from South Carolina. I went to uh, school in Charleston and then I, I went to New York. I moved to New York after that in like 2011. Yeah. And, um, I didn't do stay. I worked in fashion for a while and then I, uh, started doing standup in 2013 around the time I started doing it. I don't know if you guys remember, but there was this like Keenan Thompson article and someone asked him like why he always has to play like the black woman on the show whenever there's like a Michelle Obama sketch or a Beyonce. I do or remember that. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, we just don't like get like, there's no funny black woman. And yeah it like set off a shit storm and like, you know, Vulture and Gawker and everything. And people were starting right. writing all these articles, like here's all, here's all these funny black women. And I was co-hosting a show in Williamsburg at the time, a weekly show. And with another black woman, Charlotte Larson, who's really funny, shout out to her. And she, I was like, let's just do a show of all black women. Like it's the perfect time. Let's just hop. I'm really good with like topical things like that. And she was like, yeah, let's do it. And we did. And it was crazy. And like, people were like out the door Yes. And come to find out some like SNL producers were there and sure enough, they like reached out and, and long story short, I got invited to do like an SNL audition like that later that year. Oh, and then, um, amazing. yeah. And, and so that was kind of, so I, I hadn't been doing stand up long at all. I literally had just started. So it was pretty intense and 
I was by far the youngest person there and the most least experienced <laughs> and stuff, but it was crazy. Lauren Michaels was there and it was, it was wild. And, um, and I got a good manager from that. And but she had just left New York and she was in LA and she was kind of like, I can see you on auditions on stuff in New York, but you know, if you were here, obviously, you right. know, whatever. But, and my first audition for anything ever was for Orange is the New Black. It was like, <laughs> it like season one was out, but people didn't really, hadn't heard about it yet. Like lesbians damn sure didn't know what it was. And <laughs> I remember sitting down with the girl I was hooking up with at the time, like watching the first episode and we were like, oh, this is kind of cool, I guess. Yeah, I could get into this. <laughs> and like, at the audition, they asked me to like spit on, and it was like a carpeted floor. And I remember being really freaked out by that. I was like, why would they want me to spit? But anyway, and so, yeah. And then not too long after that, I was in this crazy accident. I got hit by a subway train. I was on the way to like shoot something with John Early, actually. Um, oh, and man. it was like that crazy blizzard in 2014. Actually, it was like the last cra- crazy blizzard New York had. Before this one now. Yeah, I, I had moved to New York in, in 2012. And then I started improv at UCB, I think, in 2013. And then in 2014 was when I just started doing stand-up. Wow. So okay. so well, the timing, like... I, I don't think we did because when it happened, I was, like, just starting out in stand-up. But, like, every... like all the people that I knew, like they all knew who you were. Cause all of a sudden my feed was just flooded with like your GoFundMe right. and everybody, like all of the uh, Facebook even in Chicago groups for like lady <laughs> comics. Yeah. Yeah. Like everybody in the community was like, we've got to help Liza. I'm like, this story is my nightmare. <laughs> it's everyone's nightmare. It is. It's literally, I've found out in the years, in the recent years, that it's actually New Yorkers' number one fear is being either pushed off or, or falling off into the tracks and being hit by a train. So yeah. it's literally <laughs> the number one. But that's so crazy to hear that it was just like all on your timeline and stuff. I, it's been so long almost, but I still hear stories that I've never heard before. And people are like, Oh yeah. Like I remember this and blah, blah. I'm just like, Oh my God. It was so, it was insane. It's the craziest thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's so crazy to be the person that it happened to. I almost feel like I'm watching in this like weird third person thing sometimes, but it's wild to be that right. person. Just wake up with that story every day. <laughs> it's the top spot. It's numero uno for like city dwellers. They're like, that's the number one fear for sure. For me in LA, it's like getting hit by a car because so many celebrity right. people drunk drive all the time and stuff. And I'm always like, when I'm on sidewalks and stuff. But yeah, in New York for sure, it's it's. Um, is it, are you from Chicago, Melody? No, I grew up in central Connecticut in like the Hartford area. And then. Oh, I, I'm from Stanford. Are you serious? Yeah, I was born in, I was born in Stanford. I grew up in South Carolina, but I. I and my parents live in know. South Carolina now. They retired down there. Oh, right. So they're not in Connecticut anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but Charleston, did you grow up near Charleston? I, we went there for two hours and I was like, we need to leave. Something about it felt weird there there was such a if i felt a dark energy in charleston and i was like i don't like it here and maybe it's because i did walk by a plant parenthood where there was just a lot of protest i don't know there was just a weird vibe that is so nice to hear someone admit that charleston has a dark energy because everyone's on this like high of like oh it's gorgeous yeah no and i'm like 
literally the slave the, the literal sl- slave market is haunted. still there and everyone goes and it's still called the slave market and it's like it's mortifying that's it's the like one thing we did everything. and then we walked yeah. around some more and i was like can we go and my mom was like yeah, I mean, the only reason I wanted to come up here is because it's the closest Trader Joe's. <laughs> we drove like two hours back Aww. down to like the Hilton area. <sighs> oh my God. I was like coming out when I was in Charleston, South Carolina, I was in college and they have really cute like gay bars and stuff. They actually had a lesbian bar. Really? Which cracks me up to this day because like LA can't even hold on to a lesbian bar. But <laughs> yeah. Little ass right. Charleston had one. It was called The Chart. Named oh. famously for Alice yes. Kizeki's chart. Yeah. And it was just the cutest thing. It was like, oh. I've never heard of that. Well, it doesn't exist anymore. Thank God it, right. it was there when I was in, in, in college. Thank God. But oh, it was good. just the cutest little garage, like side unit. And they'd like transformed it. And it was really nice. They would do little drag shows. And it was owned by these three little like butch dykes in charleston and they just had their little like tribe like that they, they had a baby at one point and we would we had like an inside joke about who the baby belonged to like we could never figure it out and <laughs> but anyway that that was a cute time i, I was really grateful oh, when well. i had the chart <laughs> yeah thank god for that yeah for sure as a podcast network our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you but we also sell merch And organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. 
With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of the 15% cashback. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Well, I guess the chart can get us into our topic of lesbian gossip. Yes, and the crowd goes wild. <laughs> um, we can't get enough of it, but also I always feel guilty. <laughs> you feel guilty? Why? Like, because you don't want to? You're like, oh, I'm I'm invading their privacy and stuff. Because a lot of these lesbians are people that I would want to have on the podcast, oh. and I'm like, oh, I hope like they never think like, oh, she's a bad person for talking about my personal life when I'm like, we're just having fun here. Right. (laughs) I went through this for so many years. I struggled with this exact same thing. Like I, I did, I started a podcast. I started this lesbian gossip podcast. It was very like lo-fi and, but I would distort my voice and everything. Like I was trying to do this like anonymous thing (laughs) because (laughs) when I first moved here, I was ending up in these situations where like Kristen Stewart would be there or like Carrie Brownstein would walk in or whatever. And I did, I, I was like, I don't want to make them feel weird. Like they are humans and they're, you know? And so I did have this weird time when I struggled with it for sure. And then I stopped it. I was like, I'm not going to do it. Uh, it particularly one night I shared a cigarette with, um, Alicia Cargill at Cafe Stella. And I just felt so bad when I got home after it. Cause I was like, I don't even know if she knows who I am. She probably didn't, but if she did, she'd be mortified. And you know what I mean? I was like, that moment would have never happened if she knew what I did. So I, I stopped doing it after that for a while. And then I was like, you know what? People love it. And it makes people so happy. It seems to like, just bring women so much joy that are also interested in it and I was like I'm gonna figure out a way to carve out a space within my comedy to like do it as a like comedy bit and then maybe that'll give it this sort of like stamp of validity where it's not like I'm protruding into their personal lives like I try to wait till stuff you know at least hits like daily mail or something like that like I'm sitting on things right right now that I'm like not posting about because I'm just like respecting you know, people's lives and stuff and like, but, but yeah, it's, I, I know exactly what you But mean. you'll tell us off mic, right? I'll tell you off, <laughs> I'll tell you the tea, but yeah, right. I know exactly how you feel, dude. It's, you know, it, yeah. Cause I, I, I obviously want to be best friends with Kristen Stewart one day, but she's, you know, when she sees the account, she's going to be like, hell no, you can't come to my cookout. What are you talking about? Are you weirdo? <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm afraid is going to happen in some form with this podcast. You know, like we talk about everyone and then (laughs) we also want to meet everyone. Like Carolyn goes off. You guys (laughs) talk about Leah Delaria and then we're involved in a project with Leah Delaria this past year. And of course we get everybody was comments on our post. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like on posts that Leah's tagged in, they're like, oh, after you went off on Leah, you're going to have her. I'm like, look. I hate when the girls it's, do that. I hate that. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I'm like, you know, I figure most of them aren't aren't listening to our podcast. And we, we don't mean as long as you're not like causing any harm. I feel like part of just being uh, an entertainer. But but it's like also as a comedian and as a performer and having friends who kind of go to that 
next level, you are a lot more aware of like how normal and human these people are. Yeah, Um, for sure. And like, and how thin, uh, our skins can be. (laughs) Yeah. So, and good comedy tends to punch up. I feel like your, um, coverage does. It's not like you're Perez Hiltoning. (laughs) <laughs> online you know i feel like it's coming from not. yeah thank you that's a compliment <laughs> a <good place>. yeah <laughs> but but even also he a low bar had a really he had a really big shift though when jennifer aniston called him out yeah. and was like hey you why are you so mean and he'd never been like confronted like that before and then he changed and stopped drawing jizz out of every woman's oh, yeah, mouth that was such a weird era I want to say Ellen was also involved in that calling out as well. Like there was definitely a moment where he was like, I'm going to be nicer and like change, you know, but then I remember immediately after he was still doing the same shit and everyone was like, you didn't change anything. But he was like, it's a slight adjustment. Like I'm just not, you know, (laughs) I'm not drawing jizz all over (laughs) pictures. Well, since you brought her up being in LA, Give us give us the the deal with Ellen from your perspective. Oh my god, man. Well, there's so much that can be said. Like it's incredibly interesting watching this like fall from grace that she's having right now. But um I did notice that the her supporters are still very like, you know, like rooting for her. Cause I posted, oh, I posted this Jojo Siwa. Is that how you pronounce her last name? Mm-hmm. I posted this yeah. meme from Twitter and it was just like when the old flame Die, burns out the new yes. comes or something and yeah. he's like Jojo yeah. and Ellen which I just thought <laughs> yeah. was funny but of course you know the angry lesbian mob came through and they were like don't disrespect Ellen there wouldn't be a Jojo if it wasn't for her and blah 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 and Jojo's just a trend and stuff and I was like it's a joke but um, <laughs> yeah that was interesting to see because Gen Z seems to be really like anti-Ellen these days. They're not, they don't oh, yeah. vibe with her at all. They're not down with her being friends with George Bush and they don't like that she, you know, Mm-mm. but she's like my mom's age. She's literally a boomer, you know? Like, I don't know what people expect and she's from yeah. like fucking Louisiana or some shit. So like, what do you, yeah. right? <laughs> you know, like she's literally <laughs> born in the fifties from like deep South. So I don't know. She's people- grown, grown up having to be nice to people like George Bush. Yeah, she's Exactly. Like- Grown up having to get the approval of those people. Well, George so Bush could it, be yeah, like her uncle the, or something. It's like this, you know, it's not right. the same thing, but um, <laughs> it's it's wildly interesting. Like I've been enjoying just observing this whole thing from the time that the whole thing came out that she was like mean. And it was so funny to me because it was treated very much as like a me too situation, but there was no assault or anything involved. People were literally just like, she's mean. And I was like, I just thought it was so Wait, funny. In the way that it was like kept as like a Hollywood secret until yeah. it exploded. Right. Okay. Yeah. But but then th- there was that tweet though, that uh, somebody had that went really viral, like before this even kind of went wild. That guy. And it was, it, no, no, it wasn't his tweet. It was like, there are two things you learn when you oh, first move yes, to yes, LA. Yes. And I forget the first oh, one, I but the second that. one is a story about Ellen DeGeneres being a jerk. <laughs> I do remember this tweet, actually. And yeah, w- was that true for you? Like you moved to L.A. and then you met people who had like a story about Ellen being just <laughs> mean? Is it in the welcome pamphlet or what? <laughs> yeah. I've never. Have I heard that? I, my memory's pretty bad, but. 
I don't remember hearing anything like that. Um, but I will tell you guys, I wrote this sketch years ago, y'all. Like literally, I probably wrote this in like 2015 or something. But it was literally about Ellen being mean to Portia. And I, I joke about having like psychic powers now. I say that like, it's it's partially a joke, but partially true. Like I something happened in my subway accident, something became activated, but... um. <laughs> but I, I, I'd like to think that I did predict this, this like Ellen being exposed for being mean thing. And I'll send you guys the sketch. It's really dark. Yes, please. Yes. It would like when I wrote it, I think I let my showrunner read it actually like years ago before he was even my showrunner. And it was like something that would never see the light of day. But now I think it would like hit so hard. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I feel Do like I, I totally... I saw this coming, I think. There's a clip of Ellen. It was when Portia first joined Twitter. And they were kind of doing this little bit on the show. Portia came on the show and they were going back and forth about their followers. And Ellen was like, I have more followers than you. And Portia was like, well, I got a lot of followers when I first signed up or whatever. And Ellen was like, she posts photos of me and stuff on her Twitter when I'm not when I'm when I'm not looking. And and Portia was like, Yeah, I, I just post when Ellen was like, Did you did? And her entire, like, demeanor, like, shifted really quickly. You got to, like, read, like, yeah. you know what I mean? And I was yeah. like, oh, my God. Like, Ellen is so dark. I was like, is Portia okay? <laughs> like, Portia, blink if you need help. And anyway, that's where the sketch came from. It was, like, just this one clip. I'll find it and send it to you guys. And it just always stayed with me. I was like, Ellen has a dark side that we don't know about. But... Yeah, and See, this is why we're so excited to finally have you on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You have this sixth sense for this stuff. I do. Yeah, you're picking up on things that people might miss. <laughs> I have it for everything, but I obviously love lesbians and I'm really passionate about that. But it, it started in college. I used to love Amber Heard and Tasha Van Rie. I don't know if you know, know who yes. or yeah. remember them. Tasha Van Rie is like this artist. I think yes. she's like... Hawaiian or something like that. She's like yep. a spicy Trucks, white. Seems yeah. <laughs> and like they were just everything to me. I had never seen anything like that. Like like them. Like they the way they dressed. It was like they would like coordinate these like really beautiful like garments and clothes. Like it was I don't know if they had a stylist yes. or what. And I was just so taken aback by them and the fact that Amber was this like actress in Hollywood, this like blonde white woman, and she was like out and. I just thought it was the coolest thing. And obviously she's had her own fall from grace, but I still stand them. I'm, I'm problematic, but, but yeah, it's, um, that's when, that's when it started for me. Yeah. That was literally, I wanted to ask you who your first lesbian of interest was. Them. It was Amber and Tasha. I don't know if they had a couple name, Tambor maybe or something. I don't know, but it was them. Yeah. It was Tasha Van Rie and Amber Heard. They always need a name and they always do seem like they have a stylist that styles the two of them. It's like when there's a celesbian couple, there's a shared aesthetic suddenly. Well, not always. The Cara Delevingne girls can get pretty wild. That seems to be just like them throwing I am. Whatever. I was thinking yeah. of them when I said that. <laughs> that Cara... Yeah, there's, oh my God, I, the archive of like Cara Delevingne, like girls that she's hooked up with, is just flashing through my mind right now. But um, yeah, that that has- Who was the most surprising one for you of Cara? There's some photos of her and Margot Robbie leaving the Mercer, I want to say, hotel. And it's incredibly suspicious. Like Margot Robbie is like blatantly missing her bra. And <laughs> it's like clearly like a night, like the morning after. And yeah. 
not wasted, but they're kind of disheveled. And it was like an apparent hookup, I think, like the night before. Cars just kind of got this like smirk on her face in the way that like a cis guy would have, like after he scored or something. Like it's so funny. And <laughs> yeah, those photos are really great. And people don't, that was like kind of went under the radar. Um, there's a really funny night. All three of them hung out. Margot Robbie, Amber Heard, and Cara Delevingne. They were like in London. They were the story was that they were trying to get into some strip club and they got turned away at the door. I'm not sure <laughs> for what. And I, someone kind of made a scene. And anyway, that's that's a very interesting night to me. And um, like it's kind of like the Regina King movie she just directed, like One Night in Miami. Like I would love to direct the like One Night in London, yeah. Margo, yeah. Amber, and Cara story. <laughs> um, there's so many. What is her sign, Leo? She's a Leo. She's very Leo. Yeah, that makes sense. When you were younger, were you like a gossip yourself? Were you into gossip? Were you into like who's with who at school? Oh, and- that's such a good question. God, I don't know. I would have to ask someone that I was like friends with. I can't tell like how I was perceived or anything, but I was just like, so I was, I did like, I was like a popular kid. I was, I did theater and like, I did the school news and stuff. I did um, stuff like that, but I don't know if I was like a gossipy person, but I must've been, I mean, this didn't just pop out of nowhere. I must've been like a a chatty patty at some point but I can't I don't know my memory is like really fucked up from the subway accident I'm so sorry I can't like it's so spotty yes but yeah I don't know I can't recall any like specific gossipy (laughs) high school middle school moments or anything like that I don't know well, thanks sense. for nothing, because I really wanted the scoop on your high school gossip. One <laughs> <laughs> of all the deets. Who's Frenching? So when people are like, I remember this one time when I was five and we went to, I'm like, how the hell do you remember anything from your childhood? Oh, no, I've actively repressed so much. <laughs> that like, I couldn't even try to access it. I don't know. See, I'm someone who likes gossip and I feel like I still remember like a lot of gossip from high school. Like I'll see somebody who is like a super Christian mom now. And I'm like, I know you gave my neighbor a blowjob in study hall when over <laughs> in the study hall room. Wow. Yeah. So you've got a really good memory. I mean, Southern culture is obviously very gossipy. So I'm sure, you know, things were happening, but. um, Yeah. Maybe it was just your, the outside forces <laughs> shaping you to be. Yeah. This way. I would hope that I was professional about it at least or something. I don't know. But <laughs> who knows? In terms of gossip, I feel like there are different sources of where you get it, right? There's like the ones that come to mind are like word of mouth and from the people you know, and then Twitter and then stuff that makes like internet media blogs, blind items. Um, am I missing anything here? Daily Mail is a great source. They Daily Mail. However you feel about them, my best They're so messy, but I do They're read- messy, but they're really thorough. Like they've yeah. got documentation, they've got photos, they're getting sources, like they're really that's a great It takes source. forever to load a Daily Mail page on your browser cuz there are so many pictures um yeah. just sprinkled through the article. They're good. Um my buddy Molly Lambert uses. She's a forum queen. She's she she always sends me like this uh live journal. I think um What? Blog that's called, still I didn't even know live journal still around, but it's called yeah. like Oh no, they did not Is that it? What is it called? I don't know. But then she also does like Lipstick Alley and stuff. If you guys, it's kind of like the black version oh. of L Chat, I think. 
I'm recently to discovering. <laughs> um, what is that live? Journal? I know Tumblr is big too. Like I learned yeah. about the Tumblr gossip when you get to like a specific person. So when I learned about the whole Taylor Swift and Carly Kloss, the Tumblr is like dedicated to that and like reading into everything and every piece of news and gossip. And but th- that seems like a lot to <laughs> to have to follow, like these very niche sources of people trying to like piece together stuff. I think my favorite gossip is stuff that people tell me. Mm-hmm. And but then I feel like you have to keep gossip contained to the way you learned it. So like if somebody tells me a piece of celebrity gossip, I'll tell somebody else, but I won't like tweet about it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. You got you. If I read a tweet, I'll talk about it. You keep it to the (laughs) format that you received it in. You don't, you don't like break mix, mix streams or channels. You kind of like, well, like Melody said, I'll mix, I'll mix it the way back. But I, but I feel like that person to person gossip, like, it's in poor form to leak that into written form anywhere. And even on the podcast, I'm like very hesitant to bring it up. Like certain things I'll bring up behind a paywall, but then other things, there there are certain things that I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if this is like widely known. And I feel like I'm giving a scoop. Like when we talked about Anna Kendrick and I, I thought we had a scoop of like Anna Kendrick, like sleeping with this, uh, this camera person. And then I, I found out though, that she actually has talked about, the fact that she's hooked up with women before and has slept with women. That's a girl from Pitch Perfect? Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know about this. Ooh, Y'all are putting deep me dive. on. Can't wait for Bette Porter. Yeah, I'm gonna... But you know what? <laughs> I haven't seen Pitch Perfect or any of those movies and I, I need to, but um, well, I don't need well, to. Well, you I need suppose, to see what's the movie I talked about. I can't remember the name of it. Um, Where she makes out with... With Blake Lively. Yeah, Blake Lively. A Simple Favor. Blake Lively. Anyone in the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants... I assume is queer secretly or otherwise. <laughs> what is that your favorite movie? <laughs> no, something just feels very queer about them. But then I also think all the housewives are. Maybe it's something about female friendships that I <laughs> you know time parsing out. <laughs> my mother's favorite movie is this movie called Fried Green Tomatoes. I don't know. If oh my god, that. oh, that's yeah. my girlfriend's favorite movie, and we yeah, it's her favorite movie, lesbian though. movie. Yeah, yeah, it's my mom's favorite movie, like her whole life. I didn't know it was queer at all until I got older. My mom like hates men. She's like the reason that this happened. But Same. Uh, like, it's, I don't know that it's so funny to me when things are like blatantly. I don't know if I have like a gaydar is what I think what I'm trying to get around to my gaydar mate. It, it, it's weird. It doesn't go off at times that it should. And I'm just like, oh, really? I didn't. I didn't get that at all. But anyway, there's a lot of like queer movies that are queer like that. Even there's going to be something new. There was a Deadline article and it was like Emma Corrin from The Crown and that little mm-hmm. white boy that everybody's obsessed with, Timothy Chalamet. They're Chalamet. In- no, yeah. not even him. Fuck, I'm mixing up my queer white boys. It's Harry. Uh, Harry Styles. Harry's- they're going to be in something together. And I was like, this feels quietly queer for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> quietly um, queer. <laughs> I love that. It's not a thing at all, but people have been sending me Emma Corrin things. She's been hanging out with Christine and the Queens a lot. They seem <gasps> a lot of time together. Yeah. I love Christine. And they're posting photos, so I don't feel bad saying it because they're like obviously right. not trying to hide anything. Like there's, if you go to both of their pages, there's photos 
of them together. And there's some paparazzi shots of them like going on like what appears to be like an early morning walk or something. So it's it's interesting. But right. yeah, they're friends. Early morning walks. Is that a giveaway? Yeah, I don't know. They seem to be good friends. So that's real cute. I love that. And Christine the Queen is like, she's British too, right? Or something. She's French. She's French. French. Okay, yeah. What about Saoirse Ronan? Oh my God. Did y'all Did see you Ammonite? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen the whole movie once and then one scene about Same. 15 times. You, we had to maximize the $20 rental. Right. I was about to ask, did y'all pay $20 to rent it on Amazon I Prime? can't believe. Of course. Yeah. They must have made so Worth much money penny. off lesbians that weekend. Like, it was crazy. Um, <laughs> Wait, Carolyn, do you think Sersha's queer then after reading about everything and seeing everything? Yeah, I mean, I I looked into it at, for before the movie. I looked into it, and I'm like, she has. I don't see any evidence of her like being in relationships with men. Yeah, and then, but then I saw that now I think she is dating a guy, which you know I think she could still be queer. But but there's something about her like when I saw um, Mary Queen of Scots I was also getting like super queer vibes from her in that and then she I think played uh, Joe and Little Women as a dyke oh yeah and, uh, as she should be but like I the I don't know I really feel the the lesbian energy coming from Sir Ronan see this is when my this is when my thing is broken like I can't yeah <laughs> but I, I also predict that that it's going to be like a Rooney Mara thing. Like we, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you just don't, right. It's always going to be like cloudy and you're just like, well, and then she's going to marry some dude and like get pregnant and like, that'll be, you know, but maybe not. I don't know. I mean, the young kids are really, she's Gen Z, right? They're Gen Z. It's like, they're little firecrackers. Are they? I don't know. She could, <laughs> she could be my age. I don't know. Um, yeah, but they are. Was, and then did you guys read the thing about her birthday? How it was like, yeah, yes. that's why what was up with that. <laughs> was that not so weird? Yeah, no, I tweeted after I saw the movie that uh, I fear I'll never have a birthday as good as Sir Ronan. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's that was... laughing at my own tweets here. <laughs> yeah, dork. <laughs> Sorry, but I, I saw, I'm like, oh my God, this made, that's what made it even more gay that she was yeah, like, agreed. we're going to save this for your birthday to make it more special. And that's why, and yeah, like, I went into the movie after reading that. So it felt oh, okay. extra gay for me. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk about, let's do it. Talk about Kendall Jenner. Cause I know that that's a big one. She's the one who says she doesn't have a gay bone in her body. Did she say that's that? Um, that sounds, is that a quote from one of her like Vogue interviews or something? It, yeah. Something think, like that. Yeah. yeah. That's I'm like, maybe not a gay bone, but a gay something else. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> that's so crazy. A gay bone. It's racist bone in your body. And that's what racist people say. Uh, that's, I didn't know we were doing oh, that with that's gay right, bones. That's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I was like, that's wait, where, that's we, let's keep it to that. Oh my God. Kenny. Well, first of all, I have, you know, been developing this theory for some time, but I want to start by saying I did not know how old Kendall, I didn't know how young Kendall Jenner was. I thought (laughs) that she was a lot older. And so I, I did start to feel a little bad that I had been like kind of cyberbullying her to come out all these years because she's literally a baby. She's like, she's probably 23 now, but you know, at the, she's 25 now because I can't tell her and her sister apart. It's really, but I'm not, not keeping up. With you're, I'm, you're not yeah, keeping yeah, up. I can tell, yeah. No. <laughs> Cause they're so different. 
Yeah. Right. I know, I know that. And I know that one of them is like, there's just a lot of talk of her being gay and that she, because she's also, has she been around Cara Delevingne? Yes. Which is like, she's yeah, hanging that's how out it with, started. And Taylor Swift too, right? Probably. I'm sure Taylor's involved. I have a theory of her as well. I didn't know. When did she say that she didn't have a lesbian boner? But I completely missed that. That sounds like a quote from like a Vogue. There's a Vogue okay. interview yeah. where they get really into it in the whoever it wrote is it. Vogue. OK, they address the rumors of her sexuality. Yeah. And she says, I don't think I have a bisexual or gay bone in my body, which is the okay. weirdest thing to say. Yeah. She said that when she she was 22. She was so okay, young. I don't think I have a bisexual or gay bone in my body, but I don't know. Who knows? I'm all down for experience, not against it whatsoever, but I've never been there before. Okay, uh, huge declarative statement, but who knows? <laughs> is that not what you scream at your locker when your friends expose you? You're like, I'm not, leave me alone. It's yeah. just like, what is going on? But it continues... Also, I know I have kind of a male energy, but I don't want to say that wrong because I'm not transgender or anything, but I have a tough energy. I move differently. But to answer your question, I'm not gay. I literally, or I have literally nothing to hide. I would never hide something like that. I mean, that's all you need to know, honestly. That says so much. It says so yes, much. Yes, 100% gay. Um, we all know people who you think like, well, if they're not out, like I guess they're not gay because they seem like someone who has nothing to hide. Like I know so many people that I'm like, wow, I would have thought they were gay, but they also seem like the person a person who if they were gay, they would be out. But a lot of people don't realize like everyone's on their own timeline, you know? That's true. And then I think... We have the lesbians who are figuring out Kendall's timeline before her. <laughs> yep. I had this theory before this interview and all that, but like she, you know, her and Cara were best friends and you can Google all this stuff. It's like the, the information is there, you know, you just yeah. got to know what to look for, but her and Cara were incredibly close for a period of time. They had a couple name. It was cake and like, right. Cake. Yes. Cake. And it was like, Carl was like at the house. It seemed like it was like, you know, to the point where Carl probably had her own room or something at the house. Like it was, it was intense and they weren't hiding anything. And when you Googled it at that time, this must've been anywhere from five to seven years ago, let's say maybe even more. And you know how would, when you Google something, Google will give you like a sort of a official information box. It's like, it's, it's, framed and it's yeah, yeah. text within the box. It would be like that. If you Googled, is Kendall Jenner gay during this time period? Google gave this informational box and it used to say <laughs> something to the effect of like, Kendall is gay, but she's not out. She's only out within her close uh, circle of friends and family. Cara Delevingne has been helping her come to terms with her sexuality and blah, blah, blah. And then... I don't know how long that was uh, happening for, but I obviously had gone to do it again to show someone and it was, it, it was gone. Chris Jenner took care of it. Chris. Their empire is like, um, yeah, they're, they're like surrounded that's, that's by not until three seasons from now. Right. You can't let that information out. There. I mean, their business hinges on like the male gaze. I don't know. Maybe she was like, no, Kendall this is how we make our money. Like, really coming around to it. Like I said, they weren't hiding anything. You can Google these photos of her and Cara and they're clearly... Holding hands a lot, like leaving... Yeah, 
That's another very physical in public at parties and events and galas and things. And so my theory is just that I think Kara was helping her come to terms with it. And I think Kendall was becoming comfortable with herself. But I think that the the Caitlyn stuff truly caught them off guard. And I do believe that I don't believe everything in the Kardashian storyline. Like I still don't believe that Kim Paris robbery shit. But I do believe that Caitlyn shit really did throw them for a loop. And you know, I think obviously they knew something was going on, but I think it is true that Caitlyn kept it hidden and and you know what I mean until she was ready. And mm-hmm. I think it just really threw Kendall off. And I think that Chris was like, we don't have to do this now. Like, there was someone that had worked on a photo shoot that she was on was telling me that there was, like, a that Ryan Seacrest was involved and that they were doing a whole PR package. They were going to roll out this whole thing and Kendall was going to have a show, like, around her coming out thing. And I oh. think that the, the Caitlyn stuff just, it, it, it got put on the back burner. And I think Chris was like, Kenny, because yeah. that's what they call her, Kenny. We're going to save this for later. <laughs> You don't have, okay. you know what I mean? Like, we'll do it whenever. And like... Wow, I'm looking at these pictures now. It is nuts. It's it's yeah. all there. Like, I don't... I try not to, like, you know, pull things out of the air, out of my ass. Like, I, I go by what I'm looking at. Like, the photos are there. Like I said, I use a lot of Daily Mail articles. Things that people talk about or have witnessed and stuff, you know? And, like, I just put two and two together. But I do think she's... I don't think she's, like you know, like a lesbian. I, I'm sure she still, you know, loves guys and stuff. That guy that she, that's a beard. That boy, Faye, your boy, Faye, who's like, she's always posted up with who's so gorgeous. He's gay. He's like, yeah, everybody knows that guy's gay. So that's clearly a beard. But um, I just, I feel bad for her. Like I said, I didn't know how old she was when I started doing all my Kindle stuff. And she's literally a baby. So I, I felt kind of bad about that. I thought she was older. But girls have tried to convince me about Bella Hadid and Kendall and Bella have been tight for so long. I didn't believe the Bella thing for years up until recently when like some I stuff got believed became, it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what are you going to say about Bella? Wait, but Bella was also there was like Bella and Kara stuff, too. Bella is a very interesting player in this lesbian, like in the chart, because she's always there, but it hasn't ever been able to be like confirmed. But Bella apparently dated Stella Maxwell for many years. Mm -hmm. Bella apparently has hooked up with Kendall. She's been with Carl. Like Bella's like a very, like a key player in the chart, like for sure. So yeah, she's an interesting one. And I remember watching her as a kid, even um, she was, her mom was on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and you right. would get a glimpse of her growing up and there, that energy felt like it was there even before all oh, these rumors or however Kendall put it. They're like Palestinian <laughs> and they're like half Palestinian yeah. or something, right? Their dad is Arabic. Their mom's from Holland. Oh, like, so okay. they've got the Scandinavian, they're half Scandinavian, half Arabic. Spicy white, Middle Eastern, spicy spicy white presidents. Yeah, Bella. I didn't believe it for a long time. I was like, she's not gay. I was like, I don't. I was like, I don't get that vibe from her, bro. But a lot of the models, they really are, and they. It it is. That's what I wanted to bring up. Each other, yeah. Yeah, what's going on in the modeling world? It seems like that's where we get a lot of our lesbian gossip. My best friend is a model. It's just that they are dealing with a lot of these shitty cis male photographers that like uh, they get assaulted at really young ages and stuff. And not that that equates to someone being gay, but 
Right. You have a lot of that predatorial behavior going on. And so unfortunately, like a lot of young girls find solstice with like other women, older women that are more experienced that kind of take them under their wing. And like, yeah, that's kind of what goes on. Makes sense. Yeah. What I learned about recently, and I forget her name. So Jill, how do you say Jill Gutowitz? Oh, yeah. I was just texting with Jill yesterday. (laughs) Yeah. Jill Gutowitz posted the other day on Twitter, like, respond with your favorite, um, like, celesbian paparazzi shots. And I was kind of, like, looking be like, oh, I don't know if I have, like, a favorite celesbian paparazzi. And I found one of... um, Chloe Grace Moritz making out with some model just like hardcore really? and yeah yeah and I'm like how did I not know about this I don't with, think I've like, seen these either I've gotten a tip about Chloe but I didn't I've never seen these photos I don't think yeah do you um, get a lot of tips to your um but Porter account yeah I get a lot of tips there and then people just that I know like you know, like my manager's old to you in general. or something. Yeah, yeah, that'll be like at a party or something. Like my friend of mine was at a party that Chloe was at and she was telling me some stuff like a, maybe a year or two, probably two years ago now, but... So she, yeah, yeah, model Kate Harrison. Oh, yeah. Uh, they, was it Kate? So... Is that who Chloe yeah, yeah, was yeah. hooking up with? Yeah, yeah, Chloe... Um, Moritz was like making out somebody reported this was in Daily Mail and they reported it lasted like half an hour of them making out and um, <laughs> when, when, <laughs> when the too. miseducation of Cameron Post came out a lot of people were criticizing like oh you're not casting a queer person for the lead and it's like some of these actors are really young and you can't just like ask them like Hey, are you queer? You know, yeah. so there are like a lot of queer people who aren't out and you don't know. And you find out like, you know, like Taylor Schilling, everyone thought that she was straight and it turned out that she wasn't, you know, that's true. That's a really good point. I wonder- yeah. So, so when people are like so critical about, uh, casting straight people, like unless, you know, it's someone like Kate Winslet who it's like, okay, we know like for sure that she's, she's straight, but even though I don't know, <laughs> heavenly creatures and Ammonite. Are we ever getting- sure? Yeah. Who, how can we ever be sure? I mean, there's what no that way even- to know. The moon could like right. tilt 30 degrees one night and Kate Winslet just loses her shit. Like we don't, you don't know. We have no idea. But <laughs> these photos are really funny. Thank you so much. I forgot all about Kate Harrison. She used to date Emily. Ooh, what's Emily's last name? It's, it's a girl that's like in Kristen Stewart's uh, crew. She's in the K-Stu crew. Ooh. Um, she's in a band called Dead Sarah. Uh, this uh, Kate girl used to be in that in that scene that I forgot all about her though that's really funny what I love about these pictures of her and Chloe is that I think Chloe has real top energy I know right and it's funny she's like a short top top. it's always funny (laughs) (laughs) yes how deep into lesbian culture do you go like do you follow like c-list D-list lesbians. What letter do you cut it What they're doing? <laughs> yeah, like, are you following like Sarah Paulson's sister? Of course. Well, Rachel, I've known about Rachel Paulson probably before I even before Sarah even popped off because Rachel's been like a prominent figure in the like auto after Ellen auto straddle kind of community. So I probably knew oh. about Rachel before I knew about Sarah. Rachel was like on something that I used to watch in high school or something. I don't know, but I've known about Rachel for a while. 
but yeah, I follow Rachel and like, yeah, I, I get pretty, I, I, I'll go pretty low. There's no, there's no limit to how low I'll stay. I was following Sarah Dinkin when that was happening with Kristen. Like, I don't care. I'll follow whoever. <laughs> um, if, if there's potential like gossip, you know, story postings or something like that. But I, but I do Wait, try to make, Sarah Dinkin was a, was a D-list that Kristen dated in between Stella and this new girl, I think. Uh, this uh, new writer girl. She's with Dylan. A writer girl. Yeah, her new girl is a writer. Dylan, are y'all y'all? Well, you don't y'all aren't like following shit. Kristen's new girl is 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 uh, named Dylan Myers. I want to say her last name, and she's a producer writer kind of chick. She's like behind the scenes yeah. like, industry girl, and she looks exactly yeah. like Kristen's uh, love of her life, Alicia Cargos. They look exactly like. Oh wow. Um. And yeah, Kristen wants to like violently marry her. There's like a really terrifying clip I posted on Bet Porter Gallery, her interview with um the famous like radio dude with all the curly hair. Um Howard Stern. Yes, thank you. <laughs> her interview with him is like mortifying. He's like asking her he's asking her about, you know, the relationship. She's like, I can't fucking wait to marry her. And it's so scary. Um so yeah, she's it's like Tom Cruise and it's the couch. It's Oprah couch. On- yeah. <laughs> it's the lesbian version of that for sure. Um, wow. Yeah. Sarah Dinkin was like this nobody. Sorry, Sarah, if you're listening, she was like this nobody that Kristen was dating in between some girls. And, and I followed her. We, we were following her. And when, when we were free from following her, when they broke up, I was like, does this mean I can unfollow Sarah Dinkin now? And, you know, the other, uh, what do they call Crisbians? The other Crisbians thought it was pretty funny. Crisbians. <laughs> Isn't that the the dream, though, to be like the unknown in-between girlfriend of one of these Celestians? Oh, hell yeah. I taste. was like, I was like planning like a full Raven Simone like career move for a while um, before I knew she yes. was like, dating a white woman. But I was like. I was like, I'm gonna find Raven. I'm gonna like get in there. We get my get my clout, get the followers up, get a couple yes. of, like gigs, and then we'll break out. But but yeah, for sure, heads down. It, like once a year, I think to myself, like if the opportunity ever presented itself with Queen Latifah, would I be able to do it? Because I'm a top, and I'm just like, would I let Queen Latifah top me? Like oh, how worth it? Is it? I'm like, I think I could do it. I could take, I could like get liquored up and like, I could bottom for Queen Latifah, I think. Oh my God. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean. It's so interesting. Like every time I love bringing her up because I love to see what other black queer people say about her. And there's always one black queer person in the room that's like, didn't she come out? And it's like, no, she didn't. She never has. I don't know why never. you think that. But it's interesting that that is a thing because- she has teetered around the outskirts. Like, she'll perform for Pride, but it'll be, like, right outside of Pride. It'll be like, we're going to be on the stage, like, down the street from Pride. Like, it's so weird. And uh, it's not weird. She's just from the old school. She's from, you know, that generation right. that's like, right. we, don't, we don't wave our, you know, dirty laundry in the street. Like, it's my private life. But <laughs> Is her grandma alive still, maybe? Her, because I know DeBrat didn't come out because of her grandma. The, she had 25 exactly years. I yeah, I was, yeah. That was exactly what I was about to say. Her mom, I, I assume that when her mother, because she's really close with her mom, and I always thought that when her mom passed away, which she did recently, like within the last three years, I think, mm. I thought that she was going to come out after her mom passed away. She hasn't yet, but she is being more open about things. There's I have there's a clip on Bet Porter Gallery where 
they were doing like this girls trip Zoom reunion thing and they were talking about celebrity crushes and she said that Adriana Lima was her celebrity crush. She was like, I like the girl. Oh yeah, okay. I remember that. So she's, she's definitely, I think yeah. my theory is still accurate that it was her mom, you know, she mm-hmm. was really close with her mom yeah. and stuff and now that her mom has passed, I think that we'll see her get more comfortable with yeah, totally. You know, herself. And she took her girlfriend to the uh, VMAs like two years ago, which was like she never used to do anything um, like that. So that was. Yeah, cool. yeah. Yeah. What about um, Whoopi Goldberg? I feel like a lot of people just assume that she's gay, but I'm always like, Ted Danson. Ted Danson. Not that dating Ted Danson, uh, you know, in the early 90s was that mm-hmm. would make you. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he's handsome. I've but. been I've been reading Whoopi Goldberg's memoir for the past like three years now, but she seems <laughs> to be she seems to be just. I think she doesn't. Ace. She, she, yeah, she doesn't say this in the book, but I think she's just asexual. She just doesn't seem to yeah. be into anyone. She's like, there's this famous quote that people love to like retweet that she's like, I just don't want somebody in my house. And it's true. That's like her vibe in the book. She talks about the one marriage that she did have to a man. And she's like, the bathroom was always dirty. And like, I just, I just was like, why is there so much hair everywhere? She was like, I just didn't, it wasn't for me. And, um, but she doesn't like, I, she's so cool and open and she's always just been her genuine true self in the public. I think if she were queer that she wouldn't have a problem being out at all. She seems very, um, fine with whoever she is. And her mom, like, she talks a lot about her mom in the book and stuff, but she's like, her mom has always just been a, a champion of her just being who she is and that people are going to have things to say about her being who she is and herself and stuff. So she seems like she would be out by now if she was. So I just, I don't think it's, um, I don't think there's anything there. I, I feel like with the, this lesbian gossip, all of the gossip is just around like, oh, are they gay? Or like this person was spotted with this person, but it's news because you didn't know that person was gay. Whereas like straight celebrity gossip is like army hammer eats people. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, it feels like there's just such a focus on the sexuality aspect of it that straight people avoid. And maybe that's, maybe that's for the better. Like, wouldn't you rather have people just gossiping about whether you're gay and not about like cannibalism, something deviant, like cannibalism. I don't even know how to answer that. I scrolled right by that army hammer shit. Like I, I have like a white man, a cis white man cap on like my, you know, whatever I consume today. And so when I saw his name, I just kept scrolling. I was like, I don't even want to know. I'm not getting involved. I didn't look into it. I just saw the joke. So I assume. Yeah, I didn't. I don't want to look into it, but I passively got the new. I get the gist of what's happening. And (laughs) yeah, Yeah, I'm like, I I don't really care about Army Hammer. Uh, Yeah, I don't know how to answer that question, though. Wait, can, can you wait? So what are you saying? Like, is it? Well, it, it's like a lot of the gossip around celesbians is about their sexuality. Like, their sexuality. Yeah. I mean, you have stuff like, oh, you don't think it happens to Kristen straight Stewart. people? Like, you don't think it happens to straight celebrities? You're just saying it doesn't happen as often. Well, with straight people, you're like, oh, it's never like, oh my God, Natalie Portman is dating this guy. Uh, he's straight. That's crazy. You know, <laughs> it's like their, their sexuality. Like it, it's just like a non, 
a non-issue where I would say like half of celesbian gossip is like who's dating who. And then the other half is just like, oh, I had no idea Ashley Benson was gay. And now we know okay. she's gay and that's gossip. Right. Because you know? like when the Niecy Nash thing happened and I posted about it, some people, there was a comment that had a lot of likes that was like, is she gay? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know how she identifies, but she's married to a woman now. Like, I, I see what you mean. Like, is there's a lot of conversation about... about the sexuality aspect of it yeah it's interesting like I think about it a lot because it's like you know we as like queer women we're obviously interested in it for a reason and I've tried to suppress that obsession and interest and curiosity you know but it's there and I you know I, I enjoy it and it makes me happy and I you know and I like thinking about it and looking at photos of them and like wondering about it and you know like knowing who's well I, I think that's a lot of the interest for I mean for me I'm not into like general celebrity gossip yeah. but like when I found out that Kara and Ashley Benson when I saw that picture of them at LAX I was all about it and it's like yeah I get excited finding out that someone else is in the club it's like but a new form have, of representation or something it is but then yeah. you have that like that knife feeling when you see the when you see like Ashley making out with like g Easy like a week later it's like you know oh, yeah right I was just gonna bring up Brie Larson yeah. so I I'm not that into I haven't gone down the rabbit Dang. hole but from like surface that I've seen it's like pretty certain right yeah she's no i don't see it no No? it drives me absolutely insane that lesbians (gasps) fawn over her because to me it's like very clear queer baiting and trolling but that's just me i this (laughs) i have a huge i have a huge issue with the brie larson situation because she won't say it and she's not out or anything but lesbians are like literally drooling over her when she is but she'll post videos of her wearing flannel yeah Yeah, exactly like a flannel shirt and be playing like acoustic guitar, wearing like little boxer shorts. And then I'm like, okay, yeah, that's it. That's coming out. I don't like that. That's not cute to me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that, I don't like that. <laughs> I'm just like. Is playing the, is playing the acoustic guitar on, uh, while wearing flannel on YouTube, not coming out. Does she need to do it on TikTok? What's yeah, that's what <laughs> she needs to try to get in the strip club with Cardo Levine in London one night, and then I will have better. <laughs> All right, I'll have more solid. I mean, you'll consider it. <laughs> I don't like the queer baiting. I don't like the like. Let's have a sex scene. Let's reschedule the love scene so it'll be on your birthday. Like I don't. That to me is. Like, <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? Like, just either do it or don't. Like, don't be like, don't play this like ping pong thing with us. I just, you know. But, um, yeah, the Brie Larson stuff drives me crazy. It drives me crazy. She'll just wear, and I'm like, someone explain it to me. And some girl will send me a photo of her with like a tank top on. And I'm like, what? What is it? What is it? I'm like, what am, what, what am I, what am I supposed to be getting from this? And they're like, you don't see this? I'm like, yeah, she's wearing a shirt. What is the, why, why, what is this like fawning? But I don't know. She seems fine and cool. And Tessa's, you know, she's friends with Tessa. So I'm sure she's like a cool person. But um, the queer stuff to me, it, it falls in the like, it's a Halsey thing for me. So not as not as bad as Halsey, but it's like, I don't ever, she doesn't register in my brain as, as you know, one of the many of is, their characters in the in the game. Is there like a celesbian who like you knew for sure like you had confirmation that they were queer before they came out 
and you had to like sit on that? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, we all kind of knew about Kristen. She's sort of the mecca of it all, I feel. We just kind of, everyone had that, you know, vibe. Like, I guess there was a point from Twilight when she started getting older where we were like, yeah, huh. It was like, okay. Um, I'm going to need that jawline to say something. Yeah, exactly. I'm queer. I remember talking with friends about, you had mentioned Taylor Schilling uh, a few minutes ago. I remember talking with friends about that um, before it was like kind of a, a well, a widely known thing. There was some like yeah. industry party and her and Carrie were kind of all over each other. And I remember asking my friend like, who is it? And my friend was like, and my friend was at the party and my friend was like, they were all over each other. Like, it's so obvious. Just look at the pictures. And I was like, oh, okay. And I remember not being able to figure it out. And she just told me eventually. And I was like, oh. Like, I, I would remember being kind of like, it didn't click in my head that it was Carrie. And I was like, oh, okay. Huh. But. I mean, I know a lot of people in New York knew about um, Elliot Page. Oh, before. shit. <laughs> yeah. I saw... <laughs> them before they were Elliot obviously at uh this club called Electric Room. I don't know if y'all have ever heard of this. It's in Meatpacking. It's in the garage wow. of the Dream Hotel. It's the garage of the Dream Hotel. <laughs> okay. It's like super rich kid. I used to go there with this rich kid that I knew who actually passed away, but um they would have like mm. these crazy dinners. I saw like Zoe Saldana was there. Lindsay Lohan hit somebody with her car there one time. It's like that kind of vibe. <laughs> like you know the best drugs you've ever had in your life like this kind of thing and like yeah so they were there but it was before the club had opened they would have these dinners if you were friends with the promoter or something you could go early before the club opened and have dinner there and stuff and the dinner was like amazing it was some of the best food I had in life me and my little friend Kyle used to go and we were just these poor ass like it was we probably looked like you know sore thumbs sticking out in this crowd of like well-dressed like you know new yorkers and like we were just sitting there like clearly just for the fucking free food <laughs> like anyway into like spot a celebrity or something but anyway it the club is very tiny it's like you know just the smallest room and there's a section here there's a section here and there's a dj booth we were in the section by the door uh elliot was in the other side of the club and it was before it was open so it was just us in there it was like us and our friends and elliot and some models, some like really tall, gorgeous women. And I was like, but they were wearing like a, like a really big baseball cap and a really um, like a oversized, like flannel shirt. And I was like, who is that tiny man over there? Like with those beautiful <laughs> women, like we were kind of like eyeing them the whole night. And uh, you know, everybody's going to the bathroom. because he's very tiny. He's so he's small, yeah. he's the tiniest guy. Super, and like I was like, who is that tiny? Who is that tiny guy over there? Like the whole night, we're just like, who is that guy? Like you know, thinking it's gonna be somebody because he's with these like models and stuff. And uh, they're like, you know, the club opens and he's like awkwardly dancing with the models, and we're just <laughs> like, what is going on with that little guy? He's so weird. We go to the bathroom, you know, everybody's in the bathroom when we. And we and we crossed paths. We were coming out of the bathroom at the same time. And we just looked up and made eye contact. And I was like, I was like, it's, it's Paige. And uh, I went and told my buddy. But yeah, that was the, I think that's the only time I've ever seen them. And um, 
it was just the funniest thing. They're so, it's so alarming when you see a celebrity in real life and they're so tiny. Kristen's pretty tiny too. A lot of them are so petite and these tiny little bodies, you know, it's so funny. Yeah. They have these large personalities and stuff, or they seem like, you know, these larger than life kind of personalities, but they're really, a lot of them are really little people. <laughs> Is there any um, current lesbian gossip that you're really into or like, what's the latest What's Abby Jacobson up to? That's so funny that you should say that. Oh. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Speaking of sitting on something. Yeah, we'll find out, I guess, eventually. But well, so wrapping up, uh, where can people follow you on Instagram? So we have Bet Porter Gallery. Yeah, Bet Porter. Definitely follow that for whenever this stuff you're sitting on is going to be <laughs> released. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's. I'm probably making it sound like it's like bigger and cooler than it is. It's just that I know who someone's dating, and it's. Oh, that's when it was told to me. It was like, don't tell anyone because people don't know yet. And I was like, okay, fine. But I try to we'll do that anyway. Can, yeah. I try to wait till like a Daily Mail article or something comes out, and then I, you know. But yeah, but yeah, it's not a big deal. Um, yeah, pe- people aren't going out, so it's harder to like spot them and be like, exactly. oh, they were yes. together. Great Regina George and and. The guy we're seeing canoodling at the <laughs> at the, the spring fling. Yeah, it's, it's harder. Um, yeah, yeah, follow Bet Porter Gallery, which is like your source for TMZ. It's kind of like the the TMZ for lesbian gossip. Yes. And then if you want to follow me, which is like I don't even know how to describe my stuff. I post a lot of music. I'm always watching movies and stuff. Criterion Channel. If you want to follow like pretentious, a pretentious asshole in Silver Lake, you can follow my personal account, which is Liza Die. And um, yeah, I'm on Twitter as well. Probably, hopefully, gonna. I, I'm definitely gonna do some shows in New York, some stand up shows when, whenever things, you know, our comedy clubs are a thing again and stuff. Well, Liza, thank you so much for, you know, just talking shop about celebrities, lesbians with us. Yeah, thank you for the scoops. Yeah, I know you guys have other lesbian, you know, episodes, but I hope that this one was um, provided some something different or, you know, some more. Do for an update for sure. Yeah. Okay, now let's dive into this week's listener question from a baby gay. Okay. I'm a baby gay dating my first girlfriend. We've been together for two months and it's going very well. However, she expressed that she wants rougher sex and more dominance from me. I'm very open to this. It sounds really hot, but I never tried it and need practice. I'm nervous and tend to laugh or giggle, which takes us both out of it. Do you have advice on how to be more dominant in bed and how to gain confidence here? Melody, I'm going to let you start because I get nervous talking about sex. I know you do. I was like, (laughs) is she going to say anything? Because normally you're just such a good advice giver. I actually, I talked to my therapist about it. Don't worry, I'm gonna work through it. Uh, Talking about sex. Yeah, my therapist was like, "What do you think is gonna happen if you explicitly talk about like sexual stuff with me, or like use words?" Because like, I I skirt around things as if I'm In talking to too. like a priest. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Because it feels like confession. Or something. That's what I said. That's the conclusion. I was that like, makes because sense. the only other context in my life for talking about the things that make me feel bad was confession to a priest. Right. So yeah, I don't want to say the word pussy to my therapist. All right. <laughs> but I'll say it on Dyking Out and all I'll talk right. about sex for this U hauler. Great. But not until I go. Listen, 
I can reveal anything. I'm so shameless. Okay, so yesterday Allie and I were having sex and I do have this issue with her sometimes where I just need her to be rougher too. Um, and she um, is a little more sensitive. Like I know I couldn't be as rough with her as I want her to be with me, we'll say. Mm. So I feel like she's hesitant to be rough because she just knows how she would react to it with her body and I need a lot more. So like, it's even as simple as while you're doing it, just like your girlfriend, I wonder if she's communicating after the fact or while you're having sex, like I will sometimes just be like harder, (laughs) rougher. Like I'll tell Allie what to do. Yeah. Um, you know, and she'll adjust and I'll like kind of guide her sometimes. And we start that way. And then we save the conversation conversation for later. Yeah. I mean, I I think that communication is definitely very key. And, you know, you say that you're very open to this and that it sounds really hot. Um, it, it, but your, your issue is more of like a confidence issue, right? So you're, you're afraid that you're going to do something and it's going to make her like weird her out or whatever. I think but then the she would just communicate that to you. After. Yeah. Like, she this person seems to be that. good at communicating. So exactly. Just go for it and then adjust. Go for it. Right. <laughs> Cause practice. I mean, what are you, you going to, you can't beat up a pillow. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, like, like don't overthink it. Don't like plan out like what you're going to say, unless that helps you build confidence. But I would say that's a good way to take you out of it. I would say give yourself maybe like a pep talk beforehand don't don't overthink it but be like I I am sexy I am like powerful I'm like whatever you need to do maybe and that will help put you in the mindset where you have the confidence to not feel silly while while you're being dominant yeah Um, because I think being in the moment if it's if it's something you're into it's very easy to really get into it and be in the moment and be a little bit more uh more rough and then if you're like in tune with her, then there's nothing to be worried about. If you're watching, if you're listening, then like you've got this. And, and if you go too far, she'll let you know. You could also try incorporating music. I remember back in the day I was nervous about, um, just having sex with girls. And I also would deal with my nervousness for stand-up comedy with music. I had a pump-up playlist that I would play before shows that would get me very confident and excited. And so I figured, why not listen to that before I meet up with this girl? Or why not even play it, uh, put it in my sex playlist? And it did work. Like, there are yes, songs that I'll put on. call. Even with my girlfriend of four and a half years, do, like, sometimes... Like if we're coming out of a rut or something, I'll feel a little like, oh, God, did I like it, it's normal even when you're not a baby gay. And I'll yeah. put on music that I know makes me feel good, sexy, confident, in charge, know what I'm doing. And it does help. What's your go to? <laughs> I was going to lie. Oh, Eye of the Tiger. Um, <laughs> wait, let me pull up my sex playlist. Hold on. Mine for for that more like dominant, rougher sex is garbage. Oh my God. I remember having sex to garbage once. That's a very good one. Especially uh, Garbage's like latest album, Strange Little Birds have like some really good one. It's just like, it's like very like raw and powerful and like Shirley Manson's voice is like very hot. So 
Yeah, no Brandy Carlisle on this playlist. Oh, no, no, no. Right? Like, I'm talking like, I don't know if you remember, but there was this band, the Raincoats, female mm. band. They have a cover of Lola. You know the song, Lola? Yeah. Like, even that kind of, like, punk rock feeling, like, women, we got this. And we're, we got the drum line. Like, they're... Uh, <laughs> yeah. So the, I would play the Raincoats. I think we were both into, like, the fem rock. But anything that makes you feel confident maybe yeah. could translate to the bedroom oh, i want to let's make this a post in our patreon or something like let's have or in the group i want to know what people's sex songs are yes yes we'll compile a good sex playlist and then we'll post it and make it public how about that yeah yeah let's do that okay we're gonna mine our patrons for for good recs on that and then we'll have our ultimate sapphic sex playlist. Love it. All right. If you have any questions, you can send them in to dykingout at gmail.com. You can find Carolyn at TGI Carolyn on Instagram, Twitter. (laughs) Oh, and you can find Melody at Melody Kamali on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And you can find Dyking Out on TikTok at Dyking Out Pod. Maybe there'll be new content. Let's not. We shouldn't be allowed to even say that because we haven't posted in a while. But remember, if we get to 400 patrons, Melody's going to do the WAP dance. (laughs) So uh, we need like, I think we need like 80 more to get us to 400. Is there a dance easier on the knees? (laughs) Damn. Put on your volleyball knee pads, Melody. You're going to be doing the WAP dance. (laughs) We're going to get 400 patrons. Um, and you can follow us on at Diking Out on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you so much for Diking Out with us this week. And we'll see you next Tuesday. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.